from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Wow, so we are absolutely flush with cash. Is this because of all this money coming from the federal government to states, or is there something else going on here? The economy has been really pumped up by the um, extra income that has come from federal stimulus. There was an add-on for um, Medicaid to help the state pay for Medicaid, and we've banked about 600, $650 million of that. So the House went on the record as wanting to prevent Planned Parenthood from being a provider, but the bill went nowhere once they had passed it. Was this just a case of them needing to do some political posturing? I'm Sarah Fenske. Last Friday, it seemed possible that squabbling over contraception could derail renewal of a tax that funds $1.6 billion of Medicaid. The Federal Reimbursement Allowance, or FRA, covers Missouri's portion of the program. Passage is normally routine. Not this year. Some Republicans sought to attach provisions barring Medicaid from covering contraception, like IUDs and the morning-after pill in Missouri. Others sought to attach a provision stopping Planned Parenthood from any program funds. On Wednesday, lawmakers finally reached a deal. And joining us today with the details and what came next is Rudy Keller. He's the deputy editor of the Missouri Independent. That's the nonprofit news site covering state government. Rudy, welcome. Hello, Sarah. How are you today? So we're so glad you're here making your St. Louis public radio debut. We've got some important stuff to talk about. I'm going to count on you to lead us through it. Well, the, um, you know, the special session ended. Um, they did exactly what the governor wanted them to do in terms of the timing of it. And so there has to be kudos to, um, to Parson and the legislative leadership that shepherded the, this normally routine um, t- obs- obscure tax that probably has received more ink this year than it ever has in the 30 years it's been in um, place mm-hmm. and got it done in time for the governor to sign the budget without making major cuts. So, um, so kudos to them on getting this done, but did this bill end up including the restrictions that led to all of this hot debate this year, these, these restrictions on contraceptives or these restrictions on Planned Parenthood? Well, the the... Contraceptive language, um, which developed out of a, an amendment from Paul Wheland of um, Jefferson County in the regular session, at one point named numerous um, particular contraceptive medications and devices as things that Medicaid wouldn't pay for. All that it ended up in, ended up in the bill is a restatement of Missouri's already existing law that we we don't use public funds to pay for abortions. Hmm. And that there was nothing related to Planned Parenthood, no, um, no restriction on their um, participation in Medicaid as a provider of family planning services. So we're basically status quo um, as if we'd never had this debate at all. Huh. So when we talked to your colleague Jason Hancock last week, it seemed like most Republicans there had lined up in favor of some of these restrictions. What changed? Well, 
so in the Missouri Senate, um, which ran, which went last week, um, the various versions of this bill, um, one that matched exactly what the governor begrudgingly put in mm -hmm. was offered. That wasn't acceptable to the anti-abortion um, members of the gen of the Senate, but it so they talked and talked and they went on uh, recess for almost nine hours. They came back with something that was even less acceptable. And then when they tried to amend that and, and couldn't, the third version showed up that had what I described a few minutes ago. And that was even less acceptable, but a coalition of Republicans and all the Democrats in the Senate got it passed. Then over in the House, because they couldn't change even a period in the bill um, without the Senate having to vote again. Mm -hmm. The House Republican leadership came up with a plan to allow their membership to debate and vote on a bill that they knew the Senate would never look at. And that is the, a bill that um, from Nick Schroer in um, St. Charles County that um, had some of these restrictions on Planned Parenthood, um, included some um, what are essentially talking points of opponents of Planned Parenthood in as reasons to deny them um, access to publicly funded um, uh, medical programs um, and, and so that their patients couldn't be covered. So the House went on the record as wanting to prevent Planned Parenthood from being a provider, but the bill went nowhere once they had passed it. And that allowed the membership to vote overwhelmingly for the Senate bill that um, now that the governor signed soon after or will sign soon. And, and you say the House knew the Senate would never end up looking at this this other bill they put through with all this Planned Parenthood language. Was this just a case of them needing to do some political posturing and this gave them the cover that they did this political posturing? Well, they um, they they it provided an opportunity for both sides of the abortion debate to spend several hours staking out their um, positions. And um, as Republicans who are overwhelmingly anti-abortion and uh, control the General Assembly, that's where it went was that that and, and it's a signal that in that next year, uh, a similar bill will probably get some um, strong consideration if does if it doesn't pass both chambers in exactly the form it came out of the house. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up because something we talked about with Jason last week is just how long this extension was going to be for. At that point, they were talking about a five year extension. It sounds like that did not happen. No, it's a three year extension. So the so the the reimbursement allowance tax bill provided the opportunity for this because it opened up the chapters in state law that govern Medicaid. Mm -hmm. And so once you're in there, um, you can add other things related to Medicaid to a bill that literally just changed a number uh, in the statutes from, and so we have, a, but we have a three-year extension. So this particular fight over whether to extend the FRA won't be won't happen again until 2024, but that's not going to prevent any member from filing um, any bill and the 
in the in the 2022 session, and there is a lot of um, momentum from the uh, anti-abortion side behind this particular kind of legislation. Now, mm. one thing that may prevent legislation is that the governor has promised Republicans in the General Assembly he will take some administrative action to prevent Planned Parenthood from continuing as a Medicaid provider. So. We should, we're watching for that as well. Okay. Well, that's going to be maybe the next battle on this front. Um, but the passage of this this extension of this tax, as you say, normally routine, that is not the only thing that happened in Jefferson City on Wednesday. What did Governor Parson do after he got this deal that he needed on this tax? He approved all of the spending that um, legislators had put in every appropriation bill, He, except for um, the the items he vetoed, $115 million worth. Um, and the reason it's vetoes and no res- spending restrictions is Missouri has more cash than it has ever had in its entire history. And the we don't generally talk about billions of dollars when you're talking about the state budget, but state revenues were projected at a certain level in January. And on June 30th, we were more than $1 billion above that level. Wow. So we are absolutely flush with cash. Is this because of all this money coming from the federal government to states, or is there something else going on here? Well, this is just the Missouri's like general revenue taxes, the income taxes and the sales taxes that you and I pay. Hmm. The, this is um, you know, part of the, 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 of the surplus that will go into next year. We going, went into this fiscal year with was because during the pandemic, we shifted one of the tax reporting dates. April of 2020 became July of 2020. But that was cooked into that January estimate. So the economy has been really pumped up by the um, extra income that has come from federal stimulus, uh, that came from um, unemployment add-ons that the federal government has paid, which are taxable for income tax, mm-hmm. um, plus the the return to work. I mean, Missouri's unemployment rate is in the, in the 4% range, and that's pretty close to full employment for Missouri. So we're, everything that is, um, that, that is coming in. So there's also a significant amount of money that it can be spent however the state wants to spend it, from those federal pandemic relief bills. Hmm. Um, there is the still some CARES Act money from March of last year. that That's kind of restricted, but there was an add-on for um, Medicaid to help the state pay for Medicaid, and we've banked about $600, $650 million of that, and that can be spent on anything that... Um, it, is attractive to legislators and the governor. Hmm. Um, so a lot and, of money right now for the state government. <clears throat> you did mention that the governor vetoed about $115 million in spending. Real briefly, do we know what uh, what he was objecting to there? Well, for the most part, he said he didn't recommend the spending in his January budget proposals, such hmm. as $50 million that Missouri hospitals um, secured because the state is changing the way they pay hospitals for, um, for some outpatient um, care. And so, but he vetoed that and 
That'll um, be reconsidered in the fall by the legislators when they come in for their September veto session. He also vetoed money that um, they put in to hire two security officers for the House and Senate, $300,000 for two security officers each. And the House and Senate are not entirely happy for some reason with the Capitol Police. Hmm. So they want to have, a, have some officers of their own in addition to their traditional sergeant-at-arms. Um, so if there's anything in the vetoes that, you know, maybe there's an override coming, it's, some, it's money that the General Assembly wants to spend on itself. Hmm. And it sounds like that money is there, uh, but the governor's now oh. standing in the way. Yeah, that, that and more. Um, you know, I, I was joking about all the big buildings that could be built with this money um, on college campuses. For any politician that wants to get their name on something, this is a good time to be in state government. The opportunity is here. Well, it's nice to hear the state is flush. Uh, Rudy Keller, deputy editor of the Missouri Independent, I thank you for joining us today and, and giving us this, this good news for once. Well, Sarah, thank you for having me, and um, I look forward to many returns. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.